Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Is USF for real? And is Florida in trouble? Florida State, too. Big weekend at college football actually starts Thursday night. We'll get you ready for that. And the Bucks are back at work getting ready for Sunday's game in Minnesota. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rick and Tom podcast. I'm Tom Jones. He's Rick Stroud. We're with the Tampa Bay Times. Thanks for listening. You can hear us pretty much everywhere where you get your podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, tune in. Please subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. We're here each and every day. Podcast is up before the top of the morning. So we'll be sure to get your day started off the right way with the best sports in Tampa Bay. How you doing, Rick? I'm doing pretty good. Tommy, how about you? I'm doing good. Better than my cat. I was just telling before we started the podcast here, uh, last night we were recording a podcast and my cat wandered into the room where I was and started coughing up a hair and I couldn't hit my mic quick enough to shut it off because my cat, as you were making probably a really good point about Joe Madden and the Cubs and my cat was going, (laughs) and you said, you thought, you thought I should have left it in. It's the same sound Stuart Sternberg made when I was making that point. Uh, No, I, (laughs) <laughs> I had one of those cats one time and I I no longer have it for that very reason. We went, you know, you know, cats are, cats were interesting. I've had, I had pets growing up and when I became an adult, I, I didn't need them anymore really that, that long. I had this one that, you know, they would, when they knew you were leaving, they got very ornery and, and upset about it. You know, they jump in the suitcase, all that stuff. But we had this one white couch and, it was in the living room. Nobody sat on it. That's what you do with a white couch. Um, but the cat knew not to go near the white couch. From the time it was like a kitten, we would, you know, squirt it with a water bottle. It figured it out. Don't go near the white couch. <laughs> and wouldn't you know, this long-haired, you know, cat that would cough up the hairballs waited until we went away one time, ate as much possible cat food and dry food it could get in its belly, and decided to get up on the white couch and leave us a big present and ruin the couch. So... That's my hairball. Is that, now, is that, the, why, is that why you don't have animals to this day? Because you and I talked that, about this. That, we did the, yes, that we is did the, the radio that, show. That was the, yes, that's the final straw, if you will. That the uh, the authorities were called, and uh, that's the last time. You, now you had fish the last time I remember when we did the show. Together. I've had two fish. Yeah, One and we fish, called it a gate. They're a gateway. gateway pet. They they, gateway they pet. lead to yeah. other. They lead to other pets because when your girls get older, they're going to want. They're going to start asking for dogs and cats. No. Yeah, this Have they did, got this there did yet? Not, well, no, they can, they, they'll ask. They've asked. Asking is is easy, you know. Yeah, I I ask for a lot of things. I don't get any of it. Neither you will turn, they. Yeah, but nobody listens to you. But you got two beautiful little girls, and I'm sure they put on the doe eyes and say, "Daddy, please, can we get a dog?" Well, it's can not we just daddy. M- mommy is you turn, firmly firmly you turn, in the no pet camp. Yeah, she's she's in the same camp as me. And they'll be asking until they're 18. When they go away, they can have their own pet, much like my son, who has a, a Siberian husky right now. So the final thing for me was, you know, when we had the fish, they both died. And I had to look up how to euthanize a fish. Have you ever euthanized a fish? Like the, the, the fish was suffering and you had to put it out of its misery. And there's only so many ways you can do it. One way. How do you know? The, how do, well, let me interrupt real quick. How do you know when a fish is suffering? They just, do they start? Well, they're like kind of laying on their side and flapping around a little bit. You know, they don't look comfortable. Yeah. Sort of like they're dying. 
Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I can't explain okay. what death looks like, but I no, saw it yeah, when I. No, no. I know it when I see it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I just do. That fish is not going to make it to dinner, so it's one of those things. But I, so I noticed the fish was like kind of like swimming. You know, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. But it wasn't really okay. swimming right. So I decided that something had to be done. So I googled how do you fish, which is a strange thing to call up on Google. How this got on our sports podcast, I still am not sure. <laughs> Although fishing is a sport, this is not. Eh, eh. So anyway, so I looked it up, and there are really only two ways. Uh, well, there's probably more than two, but the two that I thought were the most humane. One is you take a very sharp knife and then let the rest be your imagination. Yeah. The okay. other yeah. is the other is is that you get some ice water, like uh, you know, like the ice bucket challenge, if you will. But yeah, you yeah. actually put the fish in yeah. said cold water because they're cold-blooded animals, and therefore they'll sort of freeze to death, which I would think would be horrible, but maybe painless in its own way. So I chose B. And then after that, yeah. I thought, I really don't want to euthanize fish anymore. Oh, I see. So we haven't had any. What if, That's my pet story. So what if, what if the fish was, like, just being funny for the other fish? It's like, watch how I fit. I'm going to swim funny here for you. And all of a sudden, you thought he was dying. And you're like, well, he didn't oh. have an audience except for us because the fish was alone. Oh, okay. This particular fish I that see. we had does not do well with other fish. So it was kind of a solo fish. It's a very complicated pet story, Tom, but that's it. Well, it all started with it all started with my my uh, next time my cat has the hairball, I'm going to break it. Let it play. There you go. Let it play on the air. Hey, I mentioned Rick uh, on the top of the podcast here, which was what, like 45 minutes ago now, um, Mm -hmm. that USF plays on Thursday night against Temple. Now, you look back at USF in their first two games, they struggled against san jose state and then they struggled against stony brook two pretty oh, bad doesn't? football programs <laughs> I, I think they looked a little better against illinois you watched that game a little closer than i did but illinois is bad so i i have no idea how good usf is at this point well it was hard to judge because you know there were 26 flags in the first half on both teams which is some almost some kind of record but i did think that as the game wore on um i saw something in usf i really you know in watching back on some of the games they played earlier i didn't see which was they kind of got their swag back a little bit, like Quentin Flowers, right? I mean, here's a guy that was, you know, sort of touted as a Heisman Trophy candidate. He's not going to win, but he did have an amazing year and was the Offensive Player of the Year in that conference. And he seemed to be become more accurate throwing the ball. He seemed to know when to run. Um, and he just kind of made plays everywhere, which is reminiscent of what he did a year ago. And as an offense, they ran the ball really hard. Um, I, I just kind of saw them – I don't know. It, it was almost like, you know, even though Illinois is, is playing a bunch of young guys and they're, they're not a very good football team, to say the least, but they right. did kind of take them to them in the second half. And I thought, mm, you know what? Sometimes maybe you just kind of get over that hump, you know, new new coach. You kind of feel your old selves a little bit. And I, I, I'm kind of thinking that maybe, you know, what happened. That's what, that one was, was sort of what happened the first two games. San Jose State, they came out really slow in that game, and it was a yeah. shocker score early, and then and then came on in the second half and blew them out. Same thing with Stony Brook that kind of stumbled around for a while and then took over from there. Illinois, same thing. Temple, I, Temple's not the team they were a couple of years ago. Mm-mm. So I think you can still probably screw around there for a while. But eventually, Rick, they're going to run into a team where if you come out flat like that and it yeah. takes you into the second half to get going, somebody's going to catch you. And, and, and you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to come back and win those games. And for USF, I mean, that's disaster because if they don't go undefeated, in a way, it's, they might as well lose five games. 
with the way this season's setting up. Yeah, and I mean, and here's the thing, though. I mean, if you look at their schedule, and I, I know what you're saying. I mean, maybe even Temple could pull that off somehow. But, man, they just – that schedule is not good. You know what I mean? Like, their they're side of the division or, or the conference or whatever. And I just don't see a team – if they play – anywhere near the level of, of, of their talent or how they played last year, they may run the table. I mean, there's not, you know, a year ago, Temple was, was a threat, right? They were kind of right. good. And, and then, you know, I think they played Houston last year. They get, um, well, they get Cincinnati and they get Houston and they get UCF. And those are the only teams that I it. think that are yeah. on their schedule that, that might give them a little bit of problem. Navy's not on it unless they were to right. catch them in the AAC championship. Really, the, the one team that you look at that impresses you so far in the AAC, besides USF, and I'm not sure they really impress anybody yet, is Memphis. Memphis looked mm-hmm. really good. I mean, they, they put up video games. 48, 45 or something like and that, right? Something, yeah. And they would, now they don't have to play them during the regular season. They use, mm-hmm. USF would get them in the AAC championship game if we get that far. But um, I just. You're right. I mean, that schedule's not great, but even if you screw around against a Houston or a Cincinnati, those they usually have enough athletes where, you know, if you come out flat, next thing you know, it's twenty-one nothing. You're not going to come back against that. Yeah, I, I just think that you know everything. I mean, there's a lot of different pieces and new coaching staff and all that. I mean, some guys are held over, but I don't know. It seems like it would it would seem to me you would get better as you keep playing. And you know, they got they took a little step up as far as the Division One team last week. They played really well. I mean, how would you like to be Charlie Strong and basically, so you get you get run out of Texas, right? And <laughs> everybody says bad things about you. And you come to USF, and it's like, oh, um, by the way, you have a Heisman Trophy quarterback, and they won eleven, so you got to win twelve, or you're a failure. I talked to Charlie before the season, and he was talking. I said, "How many games can you afford to lose?" He said, "Not one, not one." Yeah, right? But we have we have to go undefeated, and it's hard for a coach. You know, Rick, you've been around the game long enough that. No coach wants to talk about going undefeated before they no. play their first game. <laughs> All they're cared about is, like, who, who do we got now? Who's up next? And he already realizes that if they go, if they lose a game, they're not going to a New Year's Day bowl game. Quentin Flowers isn't going to go to – I mean, he's not going to go to New York for the Heisman anyway. No, but I don't think so. But it's just anything less than an undefeated season, I'm not going to say it's a failure because it's really hard to go undefeated. I don't care what level of, of any sport you're talking about. But – to lose a game, it sort of wipes out any dream season idea that you might have had about USF, which is too bad because you know, you could have a really good year and go eleven and one, you know. But they could have a dream season, and where where are they really going? I mean, they're not a top five conference team, so they're not going to be invited into into the BCS or not BCS, but the national college championship. Yeah, you're not going to get into the playoffs. No. You're right. So I mean. The the best they can hope for is 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 what? What's their bowl? You get you get you get yourself like a New Year's Day game. You get you, you get to so? you get the yeah you sneak in as sort of the the one uh, non power five the one conference off. team yeah, yeah okay. who who might get in and play you might get a, get a shot State to play oh that's right you play Oklahoma yeah. State you play Oklahoma you play the SEC championship loser whatever you know you, you okay. play one of those teams. That's that's the best you can offer. But you you look back last year, they went 11, 11 and two, I want to say, and mm-hmm. they went to the Birmingham Bowl. You know, it was the best year they ever had. They went to the Birmingham Bowl. And I'm All not right. trying to run down USF. It's it, it just shows you how hard it is. And I feel bad for Charlie. What did you think about Tom Herman after Texas? Because Charlie gets fired at Texas. Tom Herman takes over, leaves Houston, go to goes to Texas. They get beaten their opener against Maryland. There's no way Maryland should go into your into no. Austin and, and win that. I game. I watched that game. That was incredible. 
and and then after the game, Tom Herman sort of hinted, "Hey, I I wasn't is you know, I just I just can't sprinkle pixie dust on these players and turn them into a top twenty team." You know, if if we all thought that we were going to come in here and. Uh, in nine months, sprinkle some some fairy dust on on this team and and think that we've arrived. Then uh, we're wrong. And Urban Meyer took him oh, out. Sure did. <laughs> and he said, "You don't you don't do that to it." How did you feel about that whole thing? Well, um, I didn't expect them to give up fifty one. Um, they did score, and and you saw some some good things. But it was to me, it was nightmarish to be in Austin. Everybody's you know kind of up in a bit about it and. And then Maryland comes out and, and does you like that, but for him, but if to, you're Tom Herman, are, are you are you sort of fighting off the boosters? Is that is that the whole point of like saying, hey, don't blame me? Well, yeah, I mean, it was a bad look. I mean, it was it was bad. It was bad to say that because I I fall on the the dirt cutter side of things. You know, we're constantly Dirk is frequently asked, and I don't believe people still ask these questions even though they're not paying attention because the answer never changes. But people always ask, hey Dirk, how do you really like your pass rush? Or, hey, Dirk, what do you think about your running backs? And his answer is always the same. Love them. They're my guys. Our guys are our guys. Calvary's not coming. They're our guys. I love our guys. That's really what you got. That's what Tom Herman has. They, he need, they, they can't be Charlie Strong's guys. When you take a job, and I'm sure there were, there were players that probably left, players he didn't you know, renew their scholarships because they're year to year or whatever, but your guys are your guys. Don't go right. to Texas if you don't like who they have. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. it's as, as Lovey would say, it's as simple as that. I mean, right. you, have to, you have to accept that you're going to coach the players that are there, coach them up better, coach them up hard, figure out which ones fit, which ones don't, begin your recruiting process, and, yeah, in three or four years, now you don't have an excuse. Now somebody else will be playing with your guys. Right. But in the meantime, shut up and play with your guys. You because know what I thought. Ur- I, you know what I thought Urban was doing too. I thought he was sending a message not only to Tom Herman, like that. Hey, that's not fair to Charlie Strong because he, he, him, and Charlie Strong are buddies. But yeah. I think he was also sending a message to Will Muschamp because there were some rumors around for sure. a while there that Urban Meyer left Florida with left a bare cupboard. Yeah, there. exactly. And and there and, and, and that's and, possible. Well, it is possible because I thought. It, the last couple of years were kind of sketchy at Florida because Urban quit and then he came back and right. Sure and what people, was everybody saying if you're recruiting against Florida at that point? As soon as he yeah, went home, how long the first is that guy going to be there? Yeah, how he long is he? He's got health problems. Yeah. He's whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then what was so funny about it and interesting, I thought, was as soon as Will Muschamp left Florida, the first thing he said was, "Hey, don't let the new guy tell you I didn't leave many players. He got players <laughs> yeah. now." Yeah. Which which brings us to Jim McElwain, who I'm telling you, Rick, doesn't have any players. <laughs> because I watched this team play against Tennessee, not, and we and you saw him against Michigan, but I saw I saw him in person against Tennessee. They won, and it was hell mary. Although Gator fans don't like that I'm calling it a hell mary, even though everybody in the world's calling it a hell mary except Gator fans. And that was an awful football game, Rick. That game was six three at the end of the third quarter, and I was I just thought it was horrible football because they can't move the football. They have no offense. I've never seen anything like it at Florida. Well, I mean, they're listening. They're missing Antonio Callaway, and I, there's still no word on whether he's coming back to this week or any time. They're running back too. Um, I think they found a quarterback at least, or at least settled on one. You know, I mean, at least Felipe Franks, you know, looks the part and made the big play, and so you got to believe that he'll he'll start. Um, he like he reminds me of that guy, the uncle, whatever his name was, in Napoleon Dynamite. How much you want to make a bet? I can throw a football over the mountains. 
Yeah. <laughs> he he can throw a football over a mountain. He had, he has a heck of an arm, and he's a nice player. I think he's going to be a nice player, but he's he, he doesn't have much around him. Rick, you're right. Callaway being out hurts him. They got the running back that's out. They just they just don't move the ball offensively. And I don't think ten. This was a Tennessee team, by the way, that was getting shredded by other offenses. I mean, people were putting up five six hundred yards against Tennessee, and it's the end of the third quarter, and the score six three. And if it wasn't been for couple of long busted plays that game would end at 6-3 you know right. it's just I'm I'm just flabbergasted that Jim McElwain who's supposed to be an offensive guru that's the whole reason he came here can't move the ball they they can't move the football well not with Luke Del Rio not with Malik Zare not with whatever cast of characters he's had at quarterback I mean this is his third year right so if he didn't like what he inherited um he's had three years to change it I just I, I can't for the life of me. I, it seems like Jimbo does okay with quarterbacks, right? Yeah, yeah. For the most yeah, part, he's done, yeah, sure. Well, he's, he had a he seems to find one. Yeah, yeah, he finds one now and then. And yet, Florida, which I mean, it's it's Florida, right? Are there any yeah, high school quarterbacks anywhere in Florida? Like you would think, there's a couple. You could that think haven't you could throw gone to Ohio State or yeah, right. I mean, I would just go to St. Thomas Aquinas and take their whole team every year. You know what I mean? Just, I mean, like, everybody signed at the same time. You're all Here Gators. You it's great to be a Gator, St. Thomas Aquinas. Uh, that's what I would do because if you can't, and it's the University of Florida, and I, I nothing against Florida State, which I think Jimbo's built an unbelievable program, and it's great, and Miami's had its history, and, you know, they have a new coach in Mark Rick and all that, and we know what USF is doing and all that stuff. But the University of Florida, yeah. I mean, how do you not? You're the offensive guy. I just keep coming back to this. Jim McElwain. That offense was not good. I don't know what they're trying to do, but they're not doing it well. Man, there's there's and, some uneasiness in Gainesville right now, too, Rick. This whole thing with all these kids suspended, and I don't know what what if there's more to this story about I thought it was going to be a one-game suspension, and they're looking in. And it has to yeah, it's, open, it's open-ended. And so, and just, yeah, it's weird. It just it just feels like some bad stuff is coming, and I'm not blaming Jim McElwain for that. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying that I think they're – you know, this is could be an unsettling time up in Gainesville. And they got Kentucky this week. They Kentucky hasn't beaten Florida since like 1783 or something like that. It's like it's something ridiculous. It's the most like sure a thing. A thousand in games sport. in a row. Yeah, it's the well, most it's sure over thing this week. in sport. It's over really? this week. I'm telling you. Yeah, they're Kentucky's going to win that game. Kentucky's not a bad little team. They beat they beat South Carolina. I'm telling you, Florida's a mess right now. I think Kentucky gets them. I think they go up to Kentucky and and Stoops gets them. I think they. I think Kentucky wins that game. Is there any way McIlwain doesn't survive the actual season? They just paid him a ton of money. They just gave him an extension. He's made. They they would owe him like twenty two million dollars or oh, something. Oh, sweetheart, crazy. they got money. Well, they do, but that's a lot of money to swallow. It is a lot of I money, just, but there's some big boosters now. Some big Gators, bull Gators. Well. Here's the thing. If, if, they we leave, can't handle if he anymore. were to leave, I don't, who would be? I don't even know. Are we already speculating? Who would be the next guy? <laughs> who do you go after now? You know? Well, oh, I didn't they, know that Jim McElwain was going to be the guy. Did you? Well, when they went after no. him? And he I mean, may they pulled not him out guy. of a hat. I don't know. It's bad, t- bad times there. And meanwhile, Florida Steve State. <laughs> well, oh, jeez. Um Florida State's got issues because now yeah. DeAndre Fran- DeAndre Fran- or DeAndre Francois, Francois is is going to be out for the year. Got hurt against Alabama. Tours that was not going to go to James. That was it was horrible, and I didn't expect him to beat Alabama. But I'm telling you what, I was I watched that game, Rick. I was in Atlanta for that game, and 
Florida State's got a heck of a defense. They got a really good defense, and they can win games with that defense alone. And Francois is such a good quarterback that it's hard to move the ball against Alabama. But this was, even with a loss against Alabama, if Francois was healthy, I could I, I could totally envision Florida State getting back to the college football playoff and maybe playing Alabama again for a national championship. But now they're going against they're going to they're they're going against a tough ACC and they're going to play a true freshman this kid James Blackman who's from uh Bell Glades and big kid 65 something like that's got a big arm weighs like a buck 50 or something not that light but it's like a buck 80 uh apparently he's a great leader a lot of similarities to Jameis in terms of being a leader they said that people follow him teammates love him but here's the deal Rick I'll repeat the two words again true freshman it's hard to go in in college football in the ACC and win as a true freshman. Yeah, not many guys have done it. And, and also, they haven't played in about six months. It seems right. like that game was, you know, a long time ago. Jimbo was asking about, what are you worried about? I'm worried about everything. I'm worried about absolutely everything. Nobody's ever tried to do this before. And, you know, he. And it I would have been nice to have that, that whatever warm up game they had coming up after Alabama. Yeah. I don't even know who was on the schedule, but I'm sure it was a cream puff. Especially you know, after losing your quarterback. That would have exactly. been the perfect perfect time to do it instead um, they get nc state and nc state nc state's not a great team they're they're two and one they beat i think they beat like marshall and Furman or something and they lost to south carolina but nc state can get you now i mean they're it's they're yeah. they're not a bad team you know it's look all like this I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and, and and project we have a winner we're projecting national championship game for the third year in a row it's the alabama crimson tide against the clemson tigers Really? You think you think Clemson? I'll tell you what. I was- Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Who's beating Clemson in the ACC? I, I predicted that Clemson would beat Louisville. I did not predict that Clemson would dismantle Louisville in that they game. Did. They did. And listen, that quarterback, <laughs> he may be better than, than uh, Prescott. Or, I'm or sorry, than uh, than. Uh, Shoot, who am I thinking of? Uh, the kid from the Texans. Uh, holy totally cow. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson, thank, thank you, you, producer, voice man. I completely, I completely I forgot the guy's name. That's how much better he is than that guy. He makes you forget the last He's guy. He's better That's than that Prescott. He Not as good as Deshaun Watson. All of a sudden, I've, I've, turned, I've, turned, into, I've turned into Lee Corso over here. What's going on? <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's that so guy, fast, my friend. That's so fast. No, not him. The other one, Prescott. No, no, from Clemson. Yeah, Watson. That's him. Yeah. Better is, than Watson. He, he looked. Take he it looked to the bank. <laughs> Put the give him the head, give the mascot head and wheel him off. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, sir. I got one in, in my studio here now. Let me put it on. <laughs> I, I I love it when they hand Lee the the gun. Like they'll they'll hand them like like if they're at West Virginia or something or somebody who has a mascot with oh, a rifle, oh, no. and I swear I swear I swear Kirk Herbstreit is 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 fearful that Fear he's going to shoot. Well, not him. Shoot somebody else. He's going to fire it into <laughs> okay. a group of students. You know, it's just 
or, or blow his own hand off, whatever. But no, look, Clemson, I agree with you. I, I looked at Clemson, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the ACC. Yeah. I, I don't see anybody knocking off Clemson, but I still think there's some good teams around. You like USC a lot, right? I think USC is really good. Yeah. Um, They'll have a shot. Whoever wins, I mean, I thought Stanford was going to be better. They got upset. I mean, you know, so to me, to me, that's about it. Uh, the Trojans. I'm trying to think. Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. I think it's going to come down State's to that really game. Good. Oklahoma State's really good. Um, so and look, your your Penn State team's really really good. You know, they got a nice offense, and they got a heck of a player. Barkley might be the Barkley's best. Barkley's He might be the Heisman Trophy winner at the end of the year. Here, it depends on well. how he does against. I mean, obviously, it comes. You, it, you can run for a million yards against Georgia State and Akron and Pitt, which is bad. Oh, no, he's we really good. That. But uh, it's all got to come down to really uh, the three big games this year in the Big Ten are going to be Michigan versus Ohio State, Ohio State versus Penn State, and Penn State versus Michigan. Those are the those are the three games that will. You decide. left out the Wisconsin game after they win that division. No, oh, Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. No, Wisconsin's always a scary team, and next they're one of those teams that. They lose early to somebody that you don't think they're going to lose to, and then you look up at the end of the year and they're playing for the Big Ten championship. They're playing they, for it and getting getting curb stomped as well, as it yeah, turns well, out. Well, that was that was a good Big Ten championship game. Last no, year. it really was. Wisconsin yeah. was really good. Yeah, it was great. I, I, if push comes to shove, I still think. Well, I was going to say Ohio State, but then they got knocked around by Oklahoma. I, I maybe maybe Penn State's a team to beat, although they got to go, I believe, to Michigan this year. No, I think Michigan goes to Happy Valley. Yeah, Penn State goes to Ohio State. So th- those would be the games that decide it. But yeah, I look at Michigan. I, Michigan they look they look bad last week. They, their quarterback, I'm not sold on anybody. They got a quarterback. Uh, Jim Jim just doesn't have his like he's got his guys right. I mean he's right. got a freshman that he's not playing, but I don't know. It's too bad though because this could have been a really fun year. It still may turn out to be, but I haven't seen enough from USF yet to convince me that they're going to go undefeated. And I'm pretty sure that Florida's not going to win the SEC East. And Florida, Florida State without with their, their quarterback. quarterback being on, so it, this this started off as being like one of those years where it could have been really fun to follow college football in Florida, and well, now it could turn into a, to kind of a train wreck. Maybe we'll see what happens in the state of Florida. But let me say this, and and I cover the NFL, you know, and have for a living, but college football to me has eclipsed anything the NFL is putting out there right now. In, in terms of it's like more, enter, entertainment, I value? look, I I look, yes. Have you seen those games? Did you see the games last yeah. week? They were incredible yeah, games. Yeah. Comebacks, you know, uh, down to the wire, overtime, the Hail Marys, and just the atmosphere in general. The NFL is starting to suffer from what I was always warned would happen, and that is film before a almost live studio audience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Every game looks the same. Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night, Saturday, Saturday you know, it. It really, it to me, it's a diluted, you know. There, there's just overexposure, um, and I just think, I just think college football has a buzz about it this year. There's some really good quarterbacks that are going to go in the top of the draft, maybe two, maybe three, and you know, all the all the programs that you need for college football to be good, except for maybe Notre Dame, are good. Right. You know what I mean. Right. Ohio State. Well, and the, and the thing you talk about too that the the game experience is not quite what it used to be in the NFL because people would rather sit home and follow their fantasy leagues and, and right. watch games on, on, you know, the Sunday ticket. 
Whereas college football is still a game where people still want to go see. Like if you're a Florida fan, you still want to go to the swamp to watch your team, or if you you want to go to the big house, or you want to go to to the Coliseum to watch USC play. They will always college football teams will always have fans come to their games, and a hundred thousand people will show up. Whereas I think we're going to get to a point in the NFL where. I think in the future, when they start building these stadiums, more of these stadiums in the future, I think they're going to be smaller because I, I think they they don't want to put themselves in a position where half their stadium's empty because only twenty five thousand people are showing up for the games. It's that's just right. a different. It's a better game experience, that's for sure. The college football, but yeah. the NFL, <laughs> the NFL does go on. Tampa Bay yeah, Bucks were, were back in practice on Wednesday. And you were out there. And, and look, the big question for as far as the Bucks go, Rick, this is the only thing that matters. Is Sam Bradford playing for the Vikings or not? They're not there's not even a line. The last I checked, there wasn't even a line on this game because they couldn't set a line because they don't know who the quarterback for the Vikings is going to be. And if it's it's going to be Sam Bradford, Minnesota has a pretty good chance. And if it's not, they don't have as good a chance. Well, I don't know about that because Case Keenum has beaten <laughs> the Bucs the last two times for the Rams, who were a much worse team. And he is bombed away. He had three passes of over. He's had three passes of over forty yards against them, or something like that, in the last two years. So maybe they should just play Case Keenum because he has their number. I mean, he just does. Right. Um, but Bradford, I get the sense, and we talked a little bit today to Mike Zimmer, who wasn't giving up a lot except some mixed mis, mixed messages. But I guess Bradford felt better. How's Sam doing anyway? He's doing good. Doing good. When do you think you you'll know who your starter is? Sunday. I want to come down to that again. We did this better. It's day to day. How do I know? His mobility's never been great, you know, since the knee surgeries that he's had, and it's the same knee. Right. And it's just going to come down to whether or not he's functional. But I'll tell you, if you can find a guy, well, he was player of the week in week one. If you could find a scarier offense than what the Vikings put out there against the Saints the first week, and I know the Saints have no defense, right. but man, they were really good. And Dalvin Cook is really good. Um, you know, they, they've got receivers and tight ends and Rudolph. And, I mean, they, they're the whole package. And then on defense, they got like five pro bowlers. This will be a step up in class, as they say, from the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears. And what do, you, what do you think of Bradford, like, as a, like overall as a quarterback? Snake bit, snake bit. I think he would have been an excellent pro. I think he, he can throw the football. The man can spin the football. He's accurate. He can make all the throws. He has touch. He just couldn't stay healthy. Right. He was always a great athlete at Oklahoma. I was talking to Gerald McCoy, who grew up with him. They played together since the time they were like 10 years old. And the guy, you know, scratch golfer, could have made the golf team, played basketball in high school, was, was a great shooter. I mean, he's a t- tremendous athlete, and he's real competitive. He's quiet, competitive type guy. I don't know who to yeah. compare him with, really, but you just haven't – there's no sample size. You know what I mean? Like, the year that he was healthy, I mean, he came over, and I thought he did a pretty good job with the Vikings, you know? And he right. was off to a great start this year, and then boom. So he's kind of snake bit. We may never know what Sam Bradford could have become. I know what he he is a very rich man though, because he, he was in the last man. he was the last draft before the rookie salary cap came about, and that was back when quarterbacks were guaranteed sixty million dollars in usually signing bonus. And he's since had about one or two more deals. So I'm not I'm not holding a telephone for him. I'm just saying that you know I think he I think he could be a really good quarterback. I think he'll. I think I'd like to see him do up because I think he's a good kid. I mean, a couple times I've been around him, he seems like a really good guy. And I, I feel bad for again a snake bit guy. If a guy comes out, he's the number one pick, and and he was number one overall, right? 
out of college. Number one overall. Yeah. And Gerald Jeer. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those guys that if, if, um, you know, Jamarcus Russell or some of the other guys that have flamed out as number one, you don't feel, you don't feel bad for him because you feel like they kind of did it to themselves. But a guy like Sam Bradford, who had the talent and from all accounts had the work ethic and, as you mentioned, was very com- a very competitive personality. And then just to get banged up. That's, well, when that's he's played, like when he's been actually in the lineup, he did well. And you got to consider, too, you know, number one picks that go to, to bad football teams, as he did with the St. Louis Rams. But right. when he played, he played okay and, and sometimes better than okay. He just, you know, the two ACLs. And, and, uh, and then last year I thought he kind of – Kind of came back. I mean, Minnesota, I was reading Jim Suhan, a friend of ours that we both know. Mm-hmm. He wrote a column about how that organization is sort of known for, you know, like catastrophic losses when they were 15 and one, that sort of thing. But what they're also known for is just like curse of quarterbacks. Like everyone they've ever had, you mm-hmm. know, whether it was, I don't know, Dante Culpepper with a knee, you know, um, uh, you they know, went through Randall, Teddy Randall Bridgewater, Cunningham, Randall Teddy Cunningham. Yeah. Bridgewater got hurt. Now Sam's hurt. And they've just kind of, you know, they've, they've always had good teams, but but they've never quite, I mean, they went through the Favre, you know, unretirement years and made it to the championship game. They've always had this thing with the quarterbacks that they just can't get right. And I don't know. It's the thing. And it, it, the funny thing about it is they, well, they've, they've usually have a pretty good running game, and they certainly did the last decade or so with Adrian, when Adrian Peterson was in there. And they have good skilled players, great wide receivers over the years, guys like Randy Moss and so forth. And, and good defense. And good defenses. And you look back, you realize that, like a lot of years, they went, they would, they would make the playoffs and sometimes would get wiped out, or sometimes it looked like they were going to Super Bowl and something. Well, remember Mike Zimmer? Would go Mike wrong. Zimmer took them to the playoffs, and the, the kid missed Blair Walsh missed the kick or whatever. Well, the biggest missed kick in the history of Minnesota football, and probably the most painful memory in Minnesota sports history is when Gary Anderson missed what was what chip shot essentially. He had missed a field goal all year that year and missed like a 38 yard or something like that would have given him a 10 point lead against Atlanta with just a couple of minutes left and and Atlanta came back tied the game I believe won it in overtime and then Atlanta went to the Super Bowl instead of Minnesota. Minnesota went 15 and 1 that year but again another example Rick as you were talking about the Jim Suhan column from the Star Tribune Something always goes wrong. They they do seem like a cursed franchise. And Buck fans, I would like I'd actually like to see Sam Bradford play because I want to get a better idea of, of how good the Bucks are. And he, as you say, Case Keenum is a guy who's certainly capable of winning games in the NFL. Yeah, anyway. well, if, and, and look, if, if you're a Bucks fan, you don't care. You want you want to play. You the want guy to win, right? Beat you. Who cares? I mean, no one's going to look back and go, you know, they beat the Vikings, but they didn't have Sam Bradford. I mean, at this, like I said, Case Keenum's two and zero against them the last time he's played them. And if they if the Bucks can go to Minnesota and win there, if they can win there, um, they come home against I don't know what the Giants will be, but I I do know unless they somehow find a left tackle and they don't just you know pop out of trees, that that offensive line is bad. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Giants won't right the ship by the time the Bucks see them again, but it's not the football team that when the schedule came out you envisioned. And Eli Manning suddenly is getting heat from his own head coach. Uh, and seems like a guy that's, you know, watching the pass rush, and he's getting a lot of heat. Now, they have a great defense, so it's not going to be easy, but all of a sudden, with a win over Minnesota, you see you see the possibility of being 3-0 and in a short week when you then turn around and on a Thursday night on national TV play the Super Bowl champions. I I would, in my mind, I'm trying to stretch to think when the last time the Bucks would have hosted a game uh, with, with a 3-0 and record, let alone against 
a defending Super Bowl champ. That might be one of the biggest events we've had in this city in a long time. You know what? The last time, I don't know what everybody's record was at the time. You'll remember it. What about the game that uh, Peyton Manning came to town? I think it was the year after. Was that the year after the Super when Bowl? When Tony Dungy, yeah. When, when, well, yeah, it was uh, absolutely. It was the year that Tony Dungy came back. Right to Tampa is right. that the one you're talking about? When the, yeah, the Bucks yeah, and, got and up the Bucks had a big lead, yeah, and then there's still the biggest lead. collapse in I think Monday Night Football history. I don't think the Bucks were undefeated in that game. I'm not sure, but uh, no, they, they uh, weren't. They were four and two at that point. They had yeah. dug themselves out of a hole, but they 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 seemed like they were on their way. Um, I want to say they were four and two. I think I'm right, but um, in any event, that that put them back, you know, uh, and and they they really had a tough time. I think they did win the next week. They had a tough time getting momentum again. Plus, they had some injuries prior to that. But, yeah, that was – they were 2-1. and one. Okay, see, so I wasn't close. But it sure But they had like lost the game. They weren't undefeated. They yeah, weren't undefeated. They were, no, they weren't undefeated. Game. But it was a big game because Tony was back and the Peyton Manning and the whole thing. And they had him beat. Yeah. And that was that was a team that it looked like for all the world they were going to win a, They were going to win another Super Bowl. I thought so. You know, especially after the first week. They go into Philly, open up the yeah. link, kick the crap out of the Eagles. That was a dominating performance. And so, yeah, if look, if they can, you're right. I mean, if they win this game here, I think they'll beat the Giants. And I know it's it's hard to look ahead. Who knows? Something could happen crazy, another injury to somebody. And and you, you just never know who's who's going to be playing. That's the when. NFL, though. I mean, see, we right. sat here last year, and it's and, and what, what Dirk Cutter's telling those guys is, you know, every and, and everybody does it. Everybody on TV did it. Hey, the Bucks, man, they beat Atlanta on the road. What a win. I think they're up. I think they've arrived. This is their year. And then they lost three in a row, and they got they got beat beaten up. It was terrible in the desert in Arizona, forty to seven. We're mm-hmm. asking Dirk why he still had you know Jameis Winston in the game. That's the NFL. That's how fast it your fortunes change from week to week. So, and if you'd if I'd have told you before the season that they're going to go into Dallas near the end of the year, and oh by the way, Tony Romo's not playing. You're going to get a you're going to get a kid named Dak Prescott's going to be their starting quarterback. He thought yeah. there's a win. Yeah. You know, so you just have no idea. We'll give our predictions for uh, some of the big NFL games, including the Bucks. We'll do that on uh, Friday's podcast. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. Hey, Rick, before we go, I wanted to mention uh, a great figure in the history of sports. Jake LaMotta passes away. The great boxer, 95 years old. He passed away on Wednesday. And he was, of course, a, a great fighter and beat Sugar Ray Robinson a couple of times. And, and one of the legendary boxers in the history of boxing, people who follow boxing, talk about how great he was, how tough he was, one of the toughest boxers ever. But that's sort of besides the point. He was the the uh, source or the inspiration for the movie um, Raging Bull, which I think, Rick, I'm going to say that I don't think it's not my favorite sports movie of all time. I think it's the best sports movie ever made. Martin Scorsese made it. Robert De Niro played Jake Joe LaMotta. Pesci. Joe Pesci was in it. Kathy Moriarty played uh, Jake's wife. I think it was, and that was also, uh, De Niro won a, an Academy Award for Best Actor. He gained like something crazy. like 40 pounds, I want to say. Yeah, I, I thought it was more than that. You might be right, though. And and he to, to play Jake LaMotta in his older years as, a, as sort of an out of shape and sort yeah. of a pathetic figure at the end of his life. What I, that movie was just on about, let's say about a month ago. I was getting ready to go to bed. It was literally 3 in the morning, and I didn't have anything to do the next day, and I was getting ready to shut off the TV, and I was flipping around, and it was just coming on, and I said, I got to do it. And I stayed you up to like it? yeah, I stayed up to like five twenty in the morning or something. It's a it's Crazy. a very hard, it's a disturbing movie to watch because there's a lot of you know screaming and. So I want you to meet the face. Go ahead, God, take it back. I said, forget about it. I ain't doing it. I read you know? a story today, uh, in Vanity Fair about Jake Lamont and his reaction 
to that movie. And at first, when he watched it, he was very uncomfortable watching it, and he and he didn't like it. And he turned to his to his then wife. I think it wasn't the the it wasn't Vicky, the woman he married, uh, in the you know, who played right. Kathy Moriarty played in the movie. He asked his then wife, "What was was I was this me? Was, was I bad? like that?" Yeah. She goes, "It was worse, Jake." This oh makes you goodness. look good. And he realized at that point, he was then proud of it. He was like, he thought at that point, well, you know, it, this is completely accurate of my life. And But he felt yeah. really bad. And it may, he, I, he ended up getting along with his brother at the end. And, and I th- think he made amends with everybody. But you're right. It's a hard movie to watch. But I think it's so good. Filmed in black and white. Black and yeah, white, I, 1980, I think. Is yeah, when, uh, that's exactly right. Yeah, 1980. But that's, like I said, it's not my, my favorite sports movie of all time is Slapshot. I that's you've always said me. that and i think yeah. that's kind of you were kind of partial to hockey maybe sure, i like that's Sla- true shop was good but it wasn't to me it did it didn't speak to me i i think um i'm big on the baseball movies so bull durham to me will always be one that i have to watch but i think the best probably the best sports movie the one that changed a lot of a lot of things was rocky i mean it's hard good. to it's hard to imagine you know I mean, it's boxing. It's a little different, but the the you know the, the sequels and pre you know the trilogies and all how they did like ten of them, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, what's what that what that movie met at the time? I, mean, I can remember watching it. I mean, a friend of mine got up the next morning, cracked two raw eggs, and drank it for breakfast. <laughs> Seriously, and then threw up all over the place. <laughs> Nonetheless, and then, to, and then went to McDonald's and got an egg McMuffin. But but <laughs> but for the first ten minutes, it was cool. He put on a sweatsuit. He ran down the. On the uh, street, I don't know what to tell you. We were that movie was on recently. That movie was on recently, and I watched that again, and it holds it's on up all well. The time. It's, it it's holds really up well. good. It did you see Creed? Well. Did you ever see Creed? I did. did you ever see the... I thought it was. I tremendous. thought that was so well done. To me, it like they they it was a perfect time piece, like where Rocky would be now, where you know mm-hmm. all of that sort of, and it was it was it was almost it was so so many parallels to the original, right? But it was so good. I thought it was really someday well next summer. You and I are going to do a podcast on when there, when there's nothing going on in sports. We're going to do a podcast just on the Rocky movies because I got I think they're all great except for one. Everybody agrees Rocky Five's bad, but I got a couple of sneaky, real like underrated Rocky movies. I, they've made a billion of them, but they're all really good, even in a bad type of way. They're so bad they're good. <laughs> yeah. So we sh- we should do it. But I'm also it's also interesting that boxing. We our favorite movies are boxing movies. You know, I know when we talk about sports. I like you like Rocky. I like Raging Bull, uh, uh, On the Waterfront, one of the great boxing movies of all time. Boxing lends itself to to movies and to literature for whatever reason. Somebody once said to me, when you talk about sports, the smaller the ball, the more interesting it is. And in boxing, yeah, the, there the is characters no ball are at all. bigger in boxing, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's always. Yeah. It's always the you know the scourges of society. Maybe I don't know. Really? Yeah. But but it's you know there's also the under. There's always an underdog in boxing. There's always that guy that's going to come out and, and you know change his life and be a champ. So I guess that's. I'm going to go it, watch. But, I, I'm going to go watch Raging Bull right now. I'm going to I'm going to go right. find it somewhere on it's it's in. Uh, Give me in the face. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> In the face. Hey, be sure to be sure to check us out on uh, on all the places you find podcasts: iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Tune in. You can find us on SoundCloud, of course, and also and also on TampaBay.com. Our thanks to our producer Steve Versnick, and uh, Rick. We'll talk to you on Friday, and we'll get our predictions done for the Bucks. I'm going to watch Deshaun Watson and see if he's actually better than the other guy. <laughs> he is. We'll talk to you next time. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 